Greetings and welcome to episode 271 of the Words About Games podcast, the weekly news and culture discussion podcast for Words About Games. I'm your host, Amy Kate Alexander, joined this week by Hot Tuner himself, Daphne Moody. How are you doing? I'm not bad, Pikachu. How are you doing? Pikachu. Pika. Because it's I'm, Friday. You know what that means. I'm having a normal one, as you can see. Very normal, indeed. No doubt about it. You know what else is normal? My addiction. Oh, yeah. Captain Carter. I'm not seeing the episode, but I approve. Captain Carter. I like all You would love Carter. the episode. Captain Carter from Marvel. Captain Carter from Stargate. You don't really go wrong with a Captain Carter. You can't. You cannot go wrong with a Captain Carter. But you've ordered more. You said on Twitter. Yes. I've ordered more. What the fuck? <laughs> 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 I, I mean, changed it up though. I haven't got. I haven't gone uh, Marvel or MCU. I've gone Star Wars now. Okay, <laughs> but I've st- I've kept in the same family in Disney. So <laughs> yeah. just a Disney collector. Oh yes, cool. I'm going I'm to Disney fanboy. So God knows. knows what I'm going to end up with. <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. More things to wear for podcasts, maybe. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! This was a terrible idea. Nah, it was a great idea. Now. It's very hot under this. I can believe that. Pikachu thing. <laughs> it's I really stuff. don't believe that. I can just spin them. <laughs> you know, we talked about fidget spinners. If I can like detach it from my hair. <laughs> I am <laughs> spinning mine right now. I can just spin my thing. Ow! Ah! <laughs> it's trapped my hair. Ah! No, no. <laughs> this is the moment she realised she fucked up. <laughs> oh no! I've got to take this off. Um, <laughs> could be a, a disaster. Well, let's wait. Two weeks in a row of a disaster podcast. I think it's about. I think it's about even for us. A disaster podcasts are funny. Not when you're doing them, and everyone's arguing with you. But one of the architects isn't here this week. That's true. That is true. But one of them is. Don't mind me. I'm just going <laughs> to untangle myself. <laughs> there we go. I got it. I got it. I can't see. Fox has asked for a day off. I wonder why. Didn't take long. <laughs> well, I'm sick of their bullshit already. <laughs> <laughs> the terrible gaming takes. Are, I'm done with them. <sighs> so long. <laughs> so long, suckers. <laughs> I had a cold, <clears throat> so I'm really hoping my voice holds up throughout like, hope the so next well. two hours. <laughs> I hope so as well, because I don't like talk. I don't like reading. <laughs> so it's fine. I've got the red ball for the energy, and I've got the orange juice for my throat. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. <clears throat> also, okay, I'm wearing Pikachu. a PlayStation trophy podcast trophy room that's it sorry joe i'm wearing a trophy room t-shirt that they made for pride <laughs> shout out to joseph uh i hope we all hope we send all love hope love and hope to him i hope he's all right and i think i know there's a lot of things going on in america at least in new york new jersey where where he's pretty much is i don't know they're having a lot of floods right now i believe he's okay but um, shout, um we hope everybody is okay Absolutely. You should go and listen to his podcast. The new episode was um, is, was a Deathloop preview. 
I was listening to it because definitely one of my most anticipating games of 2021. I was, yes, I'm playing one of them right now. It's yes, you did. I'm su- very Xbox. surprised that I've completed that before you. Well, how do I put this delicately? Is it because of the technical issues that we had this morning? No, no, it's not because of the technical yeah. issues. Um, I have a, a job. Life? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so a life. Um, I'm trying to say it. I'm but trying to do this as delicately on me. as possible. <laughs> like, you said excuse on me. I was working. <laughs> Is that an excuse on me? <laughs> it's not an excuse. I will lie. I will lie. It didn't come out until like 12 o'clock for us, so yeah. on PC, so didn't unlock until really early, until the late. And then like for PCs, I don't think it didn't lock until like 6 p.m. That was, uh, was on my Twitter. Yeah, so. It's cool. We're talking about Lake, by the way. We'll have a review out next week. Because I'm going to smash it, because I'm really excited to play it. I'm very self-conscious that I'm talking quietly because of my throat. <laughs> but you sound fine on my end, so... That's good. That's it's good. good. We're good. Do I look it's fine? Do I look good? That's the main thing. You look fine. You sound good. It's all good. Then, uh, then we should probably get into the podcast. But unfortunately, to do that, I'm going to have to take these off. Well, you can keep the hat on at least. Nah, it's too fucking hot. <laughs> I'll keep the hat on for a bit. Yeah. The hat. Suffer the hat. for you a know little what? bit. Should, you know what? The hat. Suffer for content. I do that all the time. <clears> yeah. The hat, <laughs> hat would be brilliant for uh, for like the January podcasts, right? Like the yeah, January, basically. January December, podcasts. January podcast time. Yeah. Or when we play Pokemon together. Um. <laughs> Name is like, uh, uh, Moody, I've got, got something to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Elden Ring time, baby. <laughs> no, but no, there's November. The Pokemon games in November. November one. But there's <clears> other <throat> games. Yep, I know there's other games. For the amount of Pokemon match I have, you know, I'm not. I have only played one, right? That's really weird. <laughs> I know you've got so much, yet you've already played one freaking game. Turns out, I like Pokemon more as a concept. <laughs> I like Pokemon the creatures rather than pokemon the video games even though i can't really like because i've never never played them never had a console before until until the switch version came out Um, that's fair but amy before you melt how about we crack on before i melt okay i'll get my tardis it's right here I knew you had one right next to you. Oh, I've seen your new setup. <laughs> Hold on, wait. I can do better. Because <laughs> I have the screwdriver too. It doesn't make noise anymore. I, I, uh, I found it, it after like a couple of years of not knowing where it was. And I found it and I went, oh, cool. And I pushed the button and instead of it making the screwdriver noise and lighten up, it just made this really like high pitched like... And then it wouldn't stop until I jammed a screwdriver <laughs> into it and broke it. <laughs> like, I'm talking like I waited like 15 minutes for this thing to stop. And it wouldn't. So I broke it. Broke it. Oh, my goodness. Mm. I love when jokes 
just naturally happen. They're great. There's timestamps in the description below the video on YouTube. And also wherever you get your audio podcasts, whether that's on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or a few other podcast services that I've never heard of before. But if you do that, and I appreciate all our audio listeners greatly, but if you do that, you miss you miss the sight gags. You miss the TARDIS gag. You miss what I'm wearing on my head right now. <laughs> what I was wearing on my face a few minutes ago. Like... We're very visual people, as it turns out. Anyway. feel like I need to up my visuals next week. <laughs> oh, no. What have I started? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, good God. Huh? Oh, Smeg. What's happening? <laughs> the, the geese are flying away. The geese? <laughs> the geese are flying for winter. I don't know which direction to go in, south or west, west, south or north, who they knows? Go north. They go north, right? You go north for winter. That's just saying. So they're coming your way then. They're coming your way. <laughs> I've played that game. I don't want any geese. <laughs> geese are assholes. <laughs> Should we talk about some games? Like, what? Uh, let's talk about the Flying V. <laughs> Gamescom Part 2. Let's just talk about Mighty Ducks for the next two. Because I could. I could talk about Mighty Ducks for two hours. Easy. Well, could I? Even, even though I haven't watched the show yet, I need to get around to that. I haven't watched the show. I've watched the films. I watched the films recently, actually. Pretty much when you gave me Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I, watched, I watched the films almost immediately. And those are the only things I watched. Much to the much to the anger and amusement of everybody who was like, did you watch Marvel movies? Did you watch this? Did you watch that? And I was like, I have watched... The Mighty Ducks trilogy and nothing else. Because <laughs> that's how you that's use how you, Disney Plus. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Joshua Jackson when he was just a little kid. Size of Phil. Um, yeah, Gamescom. So we covered part of Gamescom last week. They said there was another part mm-hmm. of Gamescom that was happening while we were recording the podcast. So I put cleverly put in the title of our last podcast this is gamescom gamescom games part one thinking because we're gonna do a part two not realizing all the big stuff had already happened and and we just be covering the little indie games but then mooney i realized after that wait that means we just be covering the little indie games those are the best ones <laughs> after what i tweeted out this morning yeah i agree so really genius i look at me look at me i'm a genius you are it's <laughs> hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> so there was the future you game show, and there was the awesome indies. I I didn't put everything <clears throat> in. I just put things that stuck out to me from both. Okay, of these I just things. want to make a caveat. I didn't watch the future game show. Just you know, that's cool. I don't know. I watched the trailers. Um, future game show is cool. Like they always have like voice actors to host it. Um, uh, like I see this, the one you, you want. Know, like, you were talking about. Like this one was um, was the voice actors for Lady Dimitrescu and Heisenberg from Resident Evil Village, and it was pretty cool. Like the bits that I saw of them doing their back and forth, I was like, "Yeah, this is pretty cool. It's cheesy." I don't mind cheesy. I'm wearing a Pikachu hat. <laughs> so they did a pretty good job. Um. But the first thing I wanted to notice as I was scrolling through, clicking on all these trailers, was there was a lot of Souls-like games. Like, there were so many. And it was just... But, like, and a lot of them were doing that thing that I talked about in my um, Bloodborne video. 
at the beginning of the year where it was like, this game is super difficult. And I was like, that's not the point of Dark Souls, though. That's just part of it. Why do you put emphasis on difficulty? That's the thing you should be emphasizing. <laughs> no. But sadly, that's what the deficit, the deficit for a lot of people is to Dark Souls, that they are difficult games and like everything. You, you play Dark Souls or Bloodborne and, and your main takeaway is, wow, that was difficult. Like, no. <laughs> There's so much more to them. They're so cool. And you just boil it down to one thing that... That, that makes them thing. a mixed bag or uncool even. Well, they're never uncool. But sometimes people, the way people talk about them are uncool. And it's just, yeah, I'm, that's true. Say nothing against the games. I'm sure they're cool. I think I actually put a couple in my bullet points. But like there was a lot. There was a noticeable amount. <laughs> where I was just like, ooh, this is it's a bit much in it. Um, what did I put first? Life is Strange True Colors. There was like a gameplay clip of that. At the future game show. It looks pretty cool. Like I said, I haven't said it, seen any of this, but I'm already like in for Life of Strange True Colors. Like I've already got the game uh, set on the rental for for me on Boomerang and everything. So I'm looking forward to crap getting into that and just going boom right into it. Especially as it's the entire game, which is that just makes it even more sexier. Uh, that it's not just bit by bit by bit and everything like that it's not episodic. You can play it episodic if you yeah. want to, which is which I think is a great option for people. But if you want to, you can just go smash right into it. And yeah, I I can't wait for it. Um, I've been looking forward to it ever since ever since I saw this game. I'm a huge Life is Strange fan, so even though I didn't see anything, I didn't watch this trailer. Like I'm already there, so yeah, it fair. it got me when I heard Life is Strange. It's like me. It's like what me and Foxes were talking about about Halo last week, where I was just like, "Look, you can show me all the videos you want, but at this point, I'm in, and I just need to play the game." Like. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, no like, doubt about that. I think episodic games have had their time now. Like episodic games that release, like their episodes, like every like month or whatever. Like, I've had that. They're done now. Like episodic games are cool, but like you release if you release them all at once, then you could just sit down and like play like whatever an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is at a time. And like get like the 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 complete episode, and then like pick it back up again or binge it. Yeah, the only time, the only other time I think they got episodic right was probably last year with Tell Me Why, because it was they were all the three episodes were out of yeah, it was three episodes for the show for for either way how many episodes it was they were all out with within weeks of each other. Like one came out one week, then the week after that was the next week, and the week after that was the next episode, and vice versa. That is a good way to do it. Not like how obviously we were basically how it was brought up with with uh, with Telltale and and all their games and everything. And even now even the first few seasons of Life is Strange itself. Yeah. Uh but no that yeah. The, the doing it how they did it with Tell Me Why and how they're gonna do it with Life is Strange yeah. True Colors, it looks really good and I'm really happy man, for like- it. I got Life is Strange. The first one I got it is a Game Awards sale game. Like, yeah. so I never played it. It's the only game I ever played episodically, like, moment to moment. There was two. The first two seasons of The Walking Dead. Uh, Walking Dead. I still haven't played the final season for that yet. I really need to get my finger out my ass to do that. Um, like, every other episodic what? game I ever played, I've 
played it after it's all come out. Yeah. Uh, no, it was, it was the Walking Dead season one, two, and three. Wolf Among Us season one. Game of Thrones. First episode. The thing is, the first episode of the Game of Thrones show, first series they did, was really good. And then it kind of went downhill. Yeah, back I was going to say, I played it, but I only played like two episodes of that. <laughs> yeah. I never touched the Batman. Batman was good. I liked Batman. It was, Batman yeah. was controversial. Borderlands was awesome. Borderlands was awesome, I thought. Batman was controversial. I remember I was playing it at the same time as, as my friend. Um... We both like Batman comics fans, and it does a, it does a lot. It does its own thing, like rewrites certain like character histories and stuff, and like does it puts its oh, own spin on Batman. Fans, and yeah, fans don't like that. <laughs> fans did not like that, but you know what? Do you know who did? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is <laughs> you cool. gonna say that? I genuinely don't know what's gonna happen next. Yeah, <laughs> and it's got this. Yeah, one fans awesome... don't like the things getting changed. <laughs> it's got this one awesome scene in one of the episodes with a bar fight, which was just like. Cool as fuck. I, love it. I really like Batman. I played the second season though. Anyway, um, there was a sizzle reel with some demo with some like here's games with demos, um, uh, which two of which stuck out. I mean, one's called the Garden Path, <clears throat> which I'd heard of before. I think it just had a Kickstarter, um, which is like an exploration slice of life life sim. So like a cross between like if imagine Stardew Valley. In a more of a fantasy esque world, and there's like exploration as well as like live yeah. sim stuff. It was pretty good. There's a demo up on Steam, and the other one <laughs> caught my eye was called To the Rescue, which is a puppy shelter simulator. Where you like, hmm. it's a, you you run a puppy shelter, and you look after puppies. I don't think I need to say anything more about that. <laughs> well, I've just played a game as a postman or a postwoman. So <laughs> it's funny because also there's there's dialogue like that in the game too. Oh, are you the new postman? Oh, yeah, we'll get to that next week. Um, but yeah, it's a puppy shelter. You run a puppy shelter. That just shot right up my like hype list of like games I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> But it's it's something new. It's something like a simulator. Obviously, it's not new or anything like that. But just like looking after puppies, looking after puppies. It's like yeah, like the year and a half we've all had. <laughs> I want to be driving around a lake in nineteen eighty six, delivering mail. I want to be looking after cute puppies. Like these are the experiences I feel like I need. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Um, There's something different, something changing it up. Like yeah. all you hear these days is the pew pew pew, the first person shooters, the bang bang, boom boom, boom boom, boom jiggy jiggy jing dong. Yeah, and, and those are cool like, games. Some of them, but... yeah, no doubt, no no doubt at all. You are spot on, and they are cool games. But changing it up and seeing different things as well is just really whets the appetite. Like I was like what we you... said, like on our go on. Sorry, no, I think we were going to say roughly the same thing because I was going to say like I was saying to you in one of the reviews we did last week. Well, this this week, like the reviews we did this week, <laughs> yeah. where I was like, I don't yep. remember the last time I fired a gun in a game. Yeah. I mean, I do now because I replayed Resident Evil Two for a for a video, like the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. old one. So I fired a gun in that, but like before before that, like I don't know. <laughs> when did I last fire a gun? I can't remember. Does Among Us count? Does Among Us Among count? Us doesn't count. <laughs> Because if you're talking violence, <laughs> if you're talking violence, then I played uh, 
play Axiom Verge too, right? So you gotta think it's gotta be Resident Evil. Maybe Village. It might be Resident Evil Village. <laughs> With guns and explosions. I've just left guns and explosions behind. <clears throat> this is now this is now words words about wholesome games. <laughs> We're done with not. We're done with with non wholesome games. <clears throat> you know, when they do a conference next year, we're going to have to do a live stream for them. I think, yeah, yeah, for that one at least. For that one, I think we should go back. I don't know whether to go back to that or not. We'll talk about offline. Yeah. Moon Glow Bay. Speaking of uh, wholesome games, Moon Glow Bay. Moon Glow Bay is coming out on October seventh in Game Pass. Game Pass is amazing. Game Pass is is amazing. It is amazing. I'm looking forward to Moon Club. Eh? You go to a village. It's the 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 description of the game on on the star page says it's the story is emotionally charged, which is cool. But like the premise of the game is like you go to a village in like the nineties, I think it is, and it's like it's on its ass. It's a fishing village, so you go fishing, and like you do fishing stuff, and you try to like build the village back up. Oh yeah, I remember seeing this. It's popped up. A the few art style is beautiful. The art style looks amazing. I am um, so. This is again. This is you know. This is up up there as far as like Amy's excited for. Yeah. X Y Z like Moonwall Bay is up there. What else? We could, what else? What else stuck out to me? We got Timberborn, which is a city builder, but it's all beavers. <laughs> so like you you be building building like your, your dams and your cities <laughs> and stuff. From the, the, the trees, right? <laughs> beavers. You're bee building, huh? You're bee building. <laughs> I didn't know if that would work or not. <laughs> we bee building. We bee building. We building. Um, no, that doesn't work. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's coming out early access. A simulator game, like, they are, like, They've got their niche and everything, and all of them always try try something new here, and they're trying something new here to to make it obviously the the big new thing is obviously build uh, beavers and everything like that. But oh, I can get addicted just to building their place up. So yeah, right. But like it works, beavers. it works. What I'm noticing is because really, right, these bullet points are cool games that I saw last week. But the, I think these bullet points are a, are a, a di- like a dive into my my head. Subconscious. Because obviously I didn't put everything on the list. So this is just what, what caught my eye out of all of the things that were above shows. Uh, like Mythbusters. <laughs> the game. This is going to be a thing. Remember when Mythbusters was like huge? Because it no. was for a while over here. Like, Mythbusters was massive over here for a while. No, I won't lie. I will not. I do not remember that. I mean, it's just like. It just came I know of the like, show and everything like that, but. It just came up and it was like Mythbusters, the, the game. Like, that's going to be kind of educational. You would hope so. Um, um, hope, it, hope, it, hope it works for everyone when it needs it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm ever going to. I don't know if I'll play it or whatever, but it stood out, right? Yeah. Just for being like, a, well, that's a weird license to like make a game out of. <laughs> um, another one guy who was on it, he's a host on it. He's really cool on Twitter. Like, I can't remember his name though. Um, Bomber Cyberpunk popped up again. We talked. Me and Moody, me and Fox has talked about that last week. It's still the coolest name for a game ever. 
<laughs> I love the name Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. I could say it. I could say it all day. Just never get bored of it. But we talked about it last week. Uh, jet Set Radio like looking game. Uh, there was a cool, really cool looking psychological horror game called Madison, which I'd never heard of. Because I realized it's almost, it's, I mean, it's, I say it's almost spooky season. As far as I'm concerned, it is spooky season. Um, but like, there's not that many horror games like coming out in October, like confirmed so far. Yeah. So I'm hoping like, which is a surprise. It is a surprise though. Yeah. Like, I'm hoping we get a couple of indie games, like horror, indie horror games just coming. Yep, we're coming out um, in time for Halloween. Because M- Madison says coming soon. So I think they're aiming for it. If you're a horror game, you gotta be you gotta be aiming for October, even if you don't. You gotta it. aim for the horror part, yeah. You gotta aim for for it. It's um, silly not to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Doke V, which I looked up. <laughs> I looked up the pronunciation of it after last week. It looks crazy. Yes, I've put a thing in in later because obviously we all saw the first trailer. Uh, um, open night live, and all three of us were on the podcast going, "This looks cool," but I haven't. This is weird. I don't know what this is. So they did another another thing in the future game show where someone explained what it was. Uh, and there's a PC game article I put I put in, um, which I'll read in a bit because <laughs> I was like, well, I feel like after last week where we all went, "This is cool," but what is it? We can answer that question. Noguchi's Bell is an animated series made entirely in dreams. Well, it's exclusive to PlayStation. <laughs> I guess. It's got to be, right? I don't know it's if it's going to be like released like on YouTube or something. But, I mean, that's cool. It's bonkers. Just this, yeah, it's, like, yeah. Yeah. It looks it's pretty cool. Good it's not that. It's been made in dreams. So Yeah. It's made in dreams. Like, I need to go back and check that thing out. It's been ages since I've surf the dream of us they must have they must have like a community on it because like they're still streaming like community creations every week and stuff so i definitely have to check that out but i just thought that was like wow not only is it like an animation made in dreams but also like it's trailer at the at at a gamescom event so that's pretty dope and there's two more games these were both short trailers. War Hospital, which is a World War One strategy game, um, where you you manage a like field hospital in World War One, and which looks pretty interesting. Uh, and Nine Years of Shadow, which is a two D action platformer with a really cool art style and really interesting enemy designs. That uh, that stuck out to me. Those two stuck out to me as well. Oh, right. oh, that's a nice art style. Yeah, right. Yeah, I feel like you got an art style. You don't like need that. all the terra flops and the the ray tracing. Uh, what is all the ray tracing? And you're tracing paper and you're tracing yeah, whatever to have the prettiest game in the in the in the all, year. So all the ram, all the rams, the rams and the vrams and the frame rates (laughs) we're gonna get jumped (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay so awesome indies was also a thing um and i've got a few more games that jumped out on me from that the first one is arcadian atlas which is a jrpg inspired 
by games like Final Fantasy Tactics and Tactics Ogre. Um, oh, wow, you can definitely see that. You can see the influence, yeah, immediately. Looks like a PS1 game. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. So you can see why it caught my eye. <laughs> I think <clears throat> you and I both list After different... seeing your thing on playstation on the tweeter twitter twitter like someone like posted this is what everyone loved when they played playstation it's like i must have had a very different time about this <laughs> i looked at that Whoa. yeah for, for context someone made one of those graphics you know where it's like you have 15 dollars, and then it's like got like tier lists oh, and it was for ps2 games and i was looking at the tier list and i was like i'd maybe spend like four dollars on this like, I did not play most of these games when I had a PS2. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> I feel very left out. <laughs> I, just, I mean, f- I guess I'd get Final Fantasy. I mean, it's not my... Final Fantasy X's not my... Or was it 12? Oh, would, oh. Was it 12? It might have been 12. That was 12, all the thing. And I, 10 came out on PlayStation 2 era. Yeah, yeah. 10 and 12 were both PlayStation 2. But yeah. whichever one it was, and I was like, I mean, I guess I get that. And then, like, where's Silent Hill? Where's Resident Evil? Wait, like, what's going on? Wait, what's going on? Persona's not even on here. <laughs> wait, did they have? Wait, did they have the play Final Fantasy twelve instead of ten? Are you kidding me? For God's sake! I think so. It's ten was... better than twelve by ten thousand miles. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I suppose. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't make much of a dent in Final Fantasy ten or twelve. It's fair. What looks good? So, so yeah, yeah, the game. Sorry, the Canadian Atlas does look good. Uh, what else we got? The Serpent Rogue. I don't know much about this because I literally I was going off the trailer and the trailer looked interesting. And that style looks very the art interesting. The style is really cool. Like, play as a plague doctor. It's like a gothic world. He was fighting skeleton dogs at one point. Um, and then at one, just towards the end of the trailer, like, crafted... Like, cause he had his little play doctor stand, and he crafted like a potion, and drank it, and then turned into like a big, big fuck off like thing, and started beating the shit out of a big monster. Like at the end of Power Rangers, you know, and now you caught he called a Zord, did he? Yeah, when, when she throws the thing and is like, yeah, "I'm gonna make you big," and then it makes it big, and then the Power Rangers are like, "Oh no, what do we do?" And then they're like, well, "We've got a giant robot." Oh yeah, we got robots as well. <laughs> <laughs> Get our robots now! We've got giant <laughs> robot <laughs> dinosaurs. <laughs> and then you listen to the Power Rangers theme tune for the next, like, four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, wow, they really patted this out. This may be, like, five minutes of an episode in this, in this episode. <laughs> Red Ranger um, for the win. Ah, uh, yeah, Pink Ranger was cool. Blue, Blue Ranger was cool, but because he was a nerd. They were all cool. Let's just be frank. Yeah, they were that's true. Cool. They were all cool. All apparently. And then the Green Red. Then Tommy turned up, and then he just made them cooler. It was the hair. Then he left, and then and then they stayed cool, and then he returned and made them cool again, and made them kept them even more cool. So it was all cool. It was the hair? It was the hair. It's got to be the hair. <laughs> I watched. A and lot then he could of... jump and spin at the same time while kicking somebody. Yeah. I watched a lot of Power Rangers when they did it on Twitch. You know, and they were like. <clears throat> they showed the entirety of Power Rangers on. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Twenty while ago, I watched a lot of the like the the original series, like the old the old yeah. school. 
Like whenever oh, I was it's dated as hell, like oh god, yeah. But whenever I was, like, it has not aged well. Whenever I was just between things, or, or like I needed something on, I would I would just pull up Power Rangers and just put it on in the background. Yeah, and be like, yeah. fuck, I remember this. Um. Anyway, that Serpent Rock has nothing. Is nothing like Power Rangers. <laughs> but it looks really well, cool. Like, wait. So wait, is this Serpent Rock about Power Rangers or? <laughs> it's like a gothic horror game with a neat art style. <laughs> <laughs> someone's gonna message someone's gonna play it and message it yo you said this was like power rangers no we did not <laughs> i feel like maybe like the pr person for for the serpent rock is gonna be like oh my god they talked about serpent rock this is cool and then it's just gonna have their head in their hands as they watch us talk about power rangers in five minutes <laughs> oh god <laughs> That's the kind of podcast you tune into, baby. But no, the Serpent Rogue looks really cool. Um, again, stood out to me, like amongst like a lot of indie games. Um, he plays a doctor. He plays a plague doctor. With yeah, the mask I was going to say, who has a plague? <laughs> um, there is no light. Is another one that stood out to me. Like I realized that the plot of the game is John Wick. <laughs> Essentially, so someone killed this puppy uh, we're and not, he goes we're hunting not, for the enemies. Considering this is also a horror game, we're not going to talk about John Wick for the next five minutes. But it's his daughter, like some some ancient elder god in a post apocalyptic uh, Lovecraftian esque world, and he worshipped worshipped the god, thinking it would protect him. And then it took his daughter, and then he's like, "Well, fuck you, and fuck everybody who follows you." And then the entire trailer is just him like destroying like everything <laughs> and i was like oh, john yep, wick. John, john john wick. Wick. <laughs> and then there's a scene where he's like i keep getting asked if i'm back i've never gave an answer but yeah i think i'm back <laughs> it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty cool like it's got really nice pixel art the uh the boss designs look interesting like the creature designs and the boss designs are really interesting yeah uh going off on the pictures like so i haven't watched any of this yet so Going off the pictures of what I'm saying right now, they do look really good. And I do like pixel art games, so. And indie games. Great Venn diagram. Uh, Tandem Taylor 2 Shadows uh, looks like a pretty cool puzzle game where there's like, you play as like, it's top it's top down and you've got the girl you control through like the levels yeah. and stuff, but then like you can switch to another character who's like on the wall, but like still like, it's still top down, but it's like a 2D platform type situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like play from the two different perspectives, solve puzzles to progress, manipulate the shadows so that the creature on the wall can like move around. Seems like a really interesting concept. It's also it's also a bit horror-y. <laughs> the little girl does not look like someone I would want to piss off. No, definitely not. I mean, so, she's got a shadow I'm like. on the wall for starters. <laughs> Never want to piss off someone who's got a shadow friend. <laughs> um, yeah, all these games I've either dropped in our Discord or I've added on my wish list, or both. Um, you should always add, if you see an indie game that you really like the look of, even if you're not sure if you're going to buy it or not, you should always add it to your wish list on Steam because it helps the developers. And then you get a nice notification and an email when it comes out and you go, oh shit, that's out. And then maybe you buy it. It's happened to me like four times this year. <laughs> Where I've gone, oh shit, it's out. Oh, only four, huh? <clears throat> only four. Well, yeah, I'm pretty clued into the fucking <clears throat> releases of video games. They don't surprise me too much. Unless 
it's a Nintendo Direct. I'm just waiting for the one drop that's going to make Amy literally call Die. in sick for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't come into work. What's wrong? Yeah, sorry, um, boss. Dead. I'm died. Bye. I died. I died. <laughs> I died. Bye. <laughs> See you in a week. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 what? <laughs> don't, don't ask questions. Don't ask just questions. accept it. Just accept it. Ignore, ignore Twitter. Just mourn me for a week, just and I'll see you in a week. week. And I'll see you in a week, okay? Okay, good. <laughs> Is it bad that I'm still holding out hope for, for that game coming out this year? Like, it can happen. Oh. It's an indie game. It, it can, can definitely happen. happen. There's three more months left in the year, so... There's got to be a Nintendo Direct. There's always been, for the last five years, there's always been a Nintendo Direct in the first couple, well, couple of weeks of September. There's a PlayStation one next week. Maybe they say we got it as well, and it comes out now. But um, like, there's gonna be an Nintendo Direct. They're gonna talk about the last few months of 2021, and I'm just like, they could do it. They could do it. <laughs> and then Amy be like, "This is the game that's gonna win me Fantasy Critic because the rest are killing me right now." <laughs> we'll talk about Fantasy Critic when we get to Wolf and Craig. I've got some words for some game critics. Um, oh, it's subjective. Subjective. I've still got some words though. <laughs> subjectively shove my foot up their subjective asses. <laughs> uh, here's a non. You suck a parking. Here's an. I was about to say here's a non-horror game that stuck out. I mean, you suck a parking, which just looks bonkers. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> I don't mind changing crazy new. Uh, uh, concepts and just looks bonkers, and I like to look at it. So yeah, it's like extreme. Parking. Add it to the wish list, ladies and gentlemen. Extreme and parking. Like, I'll check it out if I've list. got the time for sure. Like it looks really fun. Like sometimes video games can just be fun. <laughs> Wait, what? Wild concept. Wait, right? what? They don't have to be anything else. Some video games can, in fact, Wait, just what? be fun. But I don't want. I don't want fun. I want emotional torment and. Gameplay that does things to me that nothing else does. Well, you can have that too. Okay. <laughs> and I'll, I'll suck a parking. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like extreme parking. So it's like you do like jumps and stuff. like, And basically you have to park in a spot, but there's like jumps and explosions and flips. And it's like zoomed out sort of like to the side-on perspective type thing. It looks really cool. Thymesia. Which I think Fox has mentioned last week, and I completely blanked on because I had not heard of it yet. Um, had a trailer at Awesome Indies, and it looks Bloodborne esque. Team Seventeen, I love that developer. Please hire me one day. <laughs> but I love me. that developer. Please hire uh, me, but no, also yeah. let him continue to do the podcast and review games. Thanks. Yes, uh, but no, yeah. Um, I've always, I've always been keeping an eye out, like for Team Seventeen games and everything like that. So, uh, I've had my eye on this for a while, even though it's very Bloodborne-ish or Dark Soul-ish. Um, I'll give it a square. Yeah, and it was one of seventy-three souls likes that. So, <laughs> only seventy-three. Sounds like industry But last year I had seventy-four. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. And we'll go get you a 74th one. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Nintendo comes along and goes, Hollow Knight? <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to turn you in it. <laughs> I'm hoping PlayStation go Bloodborne 2 <laughs> next week. 
or Bloodborne spiritual <laughs> successor. And there you go, it's 74. Um, the last Oracle, which is, uh, I'm, 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 just, I'm just remembering the, the trailer's like flashing before my eyes here. Um, it's like a story-based RPG with lots of choices, that can affect the narrative, which is all cool. But it also has co-op. <laughs> that's the part that stuck out with me, where I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. Like, imagine if Mass Effect had co-op. No. It'd be weird, wouldn't it? I can't. I can't. Like, if Mass Effect 4, well, 5, depending on how you number it, had co-op, I'd be like... I know, I've seen people arguing about that. <laughs> I'd be into that. Like, seriously? I'd have to try it. Because that's I would try interesting. it. Like, it, imagine, like, a narrative-based game. And I'm sure this this might not be where the last hour crew is going. It might just be, oh, people could take control of your party members and you do all the story stuff. But, like, imagine, like, a, a Mass Effect-style game. Where it's like two people say, me and Moody going through the story, but like, and we have our own like cutscenes and interactions and dialogues and stuff. We do like a story cooperatively. Not gonna lie, that's a game I think we will get eventually. But that's a game. That's not gonna lie. That's probably that not the last massive. Crew. <laughs> And now that yeah. I've said it, I want it. Because <laughs> <laughs> like you had a little bit of that in the Divinity games, where like you could play them co-op, because it was like two yeah. characters in Divinity Original Sin, and like each character could like respond to like at different times to certain dialogues, and two different players chose the dialogues and stuff. But there wasn't like a huge impact on on the story. But like the game I'm describing doesn't exist, and I want it to exist. Game developers, if you if you happen to be watching this segment and you think I could make that, make it. Now Free I've been charge. waiting for a Mass Effect Star Trek game. We all, are. but I haven't got it. Like you can have that one for I'm free. I'm still waiting for it. You can't have the Star Trek one for free because you know licenses and stuff. But yeah, Paramount and yeah. pretty sure uh, Activision who <laughs> have that. Oh God. Never so we mind. know that's never well, going to happen. Ubisoft was the last company that made a Star Trek. Not that that's better, but <laughs> Ubisoft <laughs> was the last company that made a Star Trek game. So maybe the Activision don't have the license anymore. No. Oh god, Probably maybe it was a long time ago when Activision was releasing yeah. Star Trek games. Yeah. Maybe no one's got the license. Maybe it's like a per game kind of thing. I'm surprised there's not more Star Trek games. I know. Like I'm still waiting for. I'm like, come on, guys, someone. How have you not made a Star Trek RPG? How? Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Honestly. Fuck. Well, they would say we have. It's called Star Trek Online. Not that kind of RPG. <laughs> <laughs> Just An action story-based, character-based RPG, which is basically just... Put a, just, just take Mass Effect and throw a, Star Trek, put a, put a, put a sticker of Star Trek on it, and that's it. <laughs> that's all much. we need. Pretty much. I'd take it. Sure. I would as well. Like, I've been screaming about this for fucking ages. Sorry. I, spoilers, I just skipped ahead. Um, okay. Duck AV, the probably one of the coolest, wildest games that was revealed at Gamescom. Let's let's describe it. 
Dokev developers explain what that weird GTA Babies game is actually about. This is from Andy Choke over at PC Gamer. He writes, During yesterday's opening night live stream at Gamescom, obviously this was like written last week, we got a look at a new game called Dokev that, quite frankly, baffled all of us. Developed by Black Desert Online Studio Pearl Abyss, it was described as, quote, a casual open-world open adventure filled with lovable stories that has players collecting creatures called Dokabi, who live side-by-side -side with humans and encourage people's dreams from which they gain strength, end quote. The trailer was long and loud and thoroughly confusing, but kind of in a good way, if only because it left us wanting to know more about what was going on. During today's future game show, we got it. While yesterday's presentation was all sound, fury, and confusion, today's is a clearer breakdown of what players have to look forward to. Dokabi are... Quote, spirit-like entities that appear in traditional Korean folktales, lead producer Sang Young Kim explains in the new video. They inspire courage and sometimes unintentionally cause trouble, but they are fun friends to have, end quote. Dokev is set in a big open world where Dokebi live and people live side by side. Players can move freely within the game world, playing minigames and completing quests, but there's also a, a big, star, big picture story to follow that's packed that's picked up through hints found scattered throughout the game. Completing certain requirements will cause a special event to begin, through which you'll meet and collect new Dokubi. Combat is meant to be intense but accessible to a wide range of gamers, and is intended to be something that's fun even just by itself, but it's not necessarily the focus of the game. Quote, Currently the gameplay trailer consists of mostly combat scenes, game designer Shang Ki Nam said, but there is a wide variety of gameplay in V, and you'll have the freedom to try them out in the game. End quote. This game looks pretty cool. <laughs> like, it looks it looks cool. I like, I like the the character designs. So like a lot of them, in there like both. Open a night live and and the future game show trailer. Yeah, it was one that stood out for a lot of people, and that was like a, that's a great thing to see. That's what you want to. What's what you definitely want to hear, especially when it, when it's surrounded with all the big. The big uh, triple, quote unquote, triple A games, and everything can see this one's sticking out there for people, and that's fantastic here. Um, it's very interesting what they're saying about the gameplay and everything, and I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with it. I'm interested what they're going to do with the game, and I can't wait to see what they do. Games are cool, isn't it? Games are cool. Games are cool and they're varied. I love games from other cultures that draw from like their own culture, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like they're talking about Darkaby. It's like a it's like a Korean folklore thing. And it's like cool. That's cool. I didn't know anything about that, but I want to. <laughs> like even if it's like reacting, like learning about it in the medium of like this video game. That's still pretty cool. Like there was this horror game that That's came true. out a few years ago called Dread Out, which it was an okay horror game, but it was based on. It was a long time ago. Well, Eastern Asian country can't remember which one specifically um, it's based on their folklore so like all of the, the ghosts and and like the, the supernatural stuff like was all like very different to what I'd experienced before in like video games because obviously like a lot of western horror games right and that yeah. made it scarier because I was like cool this is the unknown <laughs> like this is really creepy like there's like creepy creatures in, in it and stuff like the tension was the same that was bad that was made by a Taiwanese video game company. Uh, they drew a lot of ins the inspiration from their own culture. And I was like, cool, I don't, I don't know much about their own culture. Um, and it just made the game cooler from, for me personally because I was like, cool, this is all new to me. Which 
you know, I'm telling on myself a little bit there. Like, I am an uncultured swine, but... <laughs> video games are health. Video games are health. Give me more video games from... About cool more cultures. More video games, indeed. I don't know about. Speaking Learning of... about different cultures is always very good when it comes to video games, especially when it's done respectively and it's yeah. done to show that something really, especially really, really cool. Especially when it's done cool. by the people from from that culture, right? Like Taiwanese game developer making a game about Taiwanese culture. <laughs> I know. I completely agree with where you're coming from with that. I said uh, but like, I, I also, didn't say only. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I completely agree where you're coming from with that. But like, also, like, I'll shout out like Sucker Punch with like Ghost of Tsushima. Like, like when it comes to just Japanese heritage and that, and how the Japanese culture when it comes to like oh, yeah, samurais and everything like that. That was incredibly well respectful to going off from the samurai culture to what I can tell, and he did an incredible job of that. That there's no doubt about it. But yes, I also agree that. Having it from from the person who's lived in that culture, that's is something I think no one should ever scoff at, scoff at, scoff at that in any developer. Like if you have that heritage and you know how to be able to implement it properly, then that's a great thing to go for. So, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Let's talk about Steam. Steam's two-hour refund policy continues to hurt developers of small games. This is from Natalie Flores over at Fanbyte. Here writes, Steam's refund policy can be incredibly useful in helping you save money on games that aren't for you. Excuse me. Unfortunately, despite good intentions, it disproportionately impacts developers of smaller games. Amiga Games, developer of Summer of 58, is one of those developers. On August 26th, they announced they will be taking an indefinite hiatus from game development because of the impact the policy has had on their game. Quote, excuse me, quote, Friends, thank you for your support. I'm leaving game development for an indefinite time to collect my thoughts, writes the developer behind Amika Games in a tweet. Uh, and then the rest of the statement continues. The fact is that my game Summer of 58 does not reach two hours of playing time by Steam standards. The statement reads, Steam's return policy is that you can ask for a refund on a game as long as you play it for less than two hours. Games that aren't longer than two hours face the very real possible possibility of being returned even if a player enjoyed playing them, and ultimately struggle to make a profit. This is what happened with Summer of 58, which has had, quote, a huge number of returns on the game even with positive reviews, end quote. I don't know why I ended, you know. Quote, I do not earn anything to create a new game. Thank you very much for supporting me. I'm very glad that you like my games, but since I have no conditions to do something new, I have to do something else, end quote. The developer ends the statement by saying they will answer any questions on From Day to Day, their upcoming game, which will now, quote, not see the light of day in the near future, end quote. This has once again sparked discussions on Steam's refund policy and whether the platform should make changes so that it's less harmful to small developers. Personally, I'm not going to read that part. Earlier this year, another developer of a small game highlighted how damaging this generous refund policy can be. In April, a developer on Before Your Eyes, which is a great game. <laughs> like, that's actually in the article, which obviously I'm not going to read because it's someone's personal opinion, but I've played it and it's a really good game. Um, made a tweet that ended up going viral. In the tweet is a screenshot of a Steam user who left a, a review praising the story and concept while citing its length, approximately 90 minutes, as a negative. They refunded the game, which cost just $10 as a result. Quote, Yep, we made a short game, tweeted Bellum Essex. I think there should be more short games. I think short games shouldn't get refunded for delivering an amazing experience, end quote. 
This prompted a passionate response from the community, resulting in over 30,000 likes as of the writing of this article, and many extra eyes on Before Your Eyes. I see what you did there, Natalie. It's a good one. While the reviewer later repurchased the game and cited their reasons for the refund as budgetary, it's a problem that they were able to pay for a game, enjoy it, and know they could still refund it for no other reason. There's no telling if Amiki Games' tweet will have a similar impact, or if that will be enough to encourage them to use their talents to make another game in the future. It's gone viral, sitting at almost 14,000 likes since it was posted a few days ago. The developer came back on social media to state they have received, quote, both good wishes and support and a lot of negativity that leads me astray, end quote. Overall, they say seeing the support has given them, quote, something to think about, end quote. Well, first of all, idiots being idiots is literally to stop it. Like, if you if you didn't like a game, that's fine. There's no problem with that. It's all subjective when it comes to that. But don't be an asshole going online to tweet at the person who's made the game. The negativity just... didn't come from like people not liking Summer of Fifty Eight. Then I've been following this since it happened because uh, it ended up on my timeline. Um, people were being negative because they were they were accusing the developer of engineering this situation to get more sales for their game <laughs> that's what happened so oh, that, okay. actually, well, that's I'm worse actually. you could, you could worse. out a lot on my end when you were talking there so <laughs> i that's why i was a little confused all right okay yeah, um, so i was like because i listened to you not reading it <laughs> you were cutting out you were literally cutting out all the time ah, okay. so okay um okay i have a way i have a way that's don't worse. do that. Either way, just don't be a douche. Do not be a douche whatsoever. And at the end of the day, there is nothing wrong with a short video game. Keep talking. I'll be back in a sec. I will champion a short video game. Video games being short right now in my life are absolutely fantastic. And I love and adore them. I've just played a game that's about two or three hours long. And I really enjoyed it, which I'll be talking about soon with Amy. But this is just a lot of bollocks when it comes to steam thing like they really need to sort out their refunding in general policies like to stop hurting indie developers in general because nine times at the end of the day steam you're around because of your success because of all the indie developers who can throw their games on their site on your site quite easily uh and to be able to play their games and whatnot so you like really need to sort out your policy and stop hurting the small game devs because the small games devs are arguably throwing out the best games right now for you. So you really need to get your finger out your ass and get this sorted. Absolutely. Like, I really like <clears throat> short games. I don't know if I've ever said that. But, not um, at all, Amy. Not at all, no. So you prefer like, a 30-hour like, epic. <laughs> you think it, yeah, they've got to be at least 200 hours or it's not worth it. Like, yeah, yeah I, I love short games. Like, if a game's only a couple hours long, if it's a good couple of hours... Like, what's the problem? <laughs> you know, like, and I, like I've refunded one game in my entire life on Steam, and maybe one day we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, but it's irrelevant at the point. Like, it's just fucking sucks, man. Like, the, the idea behind the two-hour refund window is really good, right? Like, it's you, but it's designed almost with like big games in mind, right? Where it's like, you buy yeah. a big game and you play it for an hour and you go, oh, cool, this isn't for me, but I can just refund it. But like, there's games that exist that are less than two hours long. So 
people take advantage of that because people are people and they suck a lot of the time. So, like, they go, oh, I'll play this game and I can just refund it and get all my money back. Yeah. Whether you enjoyed it or not. And that's not cool. That's not cool at all. That's really backhanded in everything. One thing did come out of this, though. I bought Summer 58 this morning. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Of course I did. Fantastic. Um, it's not even that expensive. It was less than less than a fiver, I'm pretty sure. Um, Hasn't it been out for a while? No, it no, it's only year? been out for like a couple of months. July, oh. I think. I believe. I might be like completely wrong because I bought like a few games this morning. I bought another game that's that's apparently less than less than two hours long. Yeah, July twenty one. Twenty first of July twenty twenty one. It's on sale at the moment. Four pounds seventy six. The buddy simulator. You're just looking at the games I bought now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell it was payday? Um But yeah, I bought yeah, it. Exactly. So I look look forward to um that entire collection cost me like twenty quid. So yeah, I guess look forward to a review of Summer 58 at some point on, on our YouTube channel because I'll definitely be doing that. It's a horror game. I might even stream it. Stream myself getting to do it. say horror games or multiplayer games. So. Horror games because they make funny <clears throat> content. Multiplayer games because I just enjoy playing them and it's a great excuse to play them. But this sucks. Don't harass the developer for being honest. Like, I feel like the same people who was tweeting negativity towards the person running the Amica Games Twitter account, right? are probably the same people that complain about the industry being too secretive and nobody ever telling you anything. And it's like... Probably. The developer was honest and said, look, I'm going to have to stop making games because you are all refunding them because it's, they're too short. Oh, God. Moody just got haunted by a ghost there. Someone just standing on my ghost. Uh, on your ghost. On my grave. Step <laughs> up, me mommy. Oh, wow, you're having a really uh, interesting afterlife, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like, it's just a developer being honest about a bad thing. But it's cool with develop- developers being honest is good. That's true. So fuck I wanted you. to be honest. Jesus. Yeah, so fuck you, gamers. Capital like, G gamers. You've got all the idiots from... The big companies who come out and you just literally see them and you go, do I think you're honest? Nine times out of ten when it comes to the big big developers, we just go, you don't look like an honest person. You don't look like a person I would go down to pub with and have a pint. You look like a person that's trying to sell me a car. And I don't want to buy a car. <laughs> I don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> Yet you're still going to try and sell me a car. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, don't refund games if they'll if they'll if you played a game from start to finish and it's less than two hours and you've enjoyed it, don't refund it. Just don't support small developers. Does not be that person? I've played games that were less than two hours that I didn't enjoy and I didn't refund them. The quality of the game really doesn't matter. Like if you buy a game and you play it and finish it. Steam needs to look at this refund policy. Most definitely. Most definitely. Works really well for a game like Outriders. Pretty terrible for a game like Summer of 58. 
don't think it has worked out well for Outriders or for what we always spoke about it last week, so not like that. <laughs> ah, don't take any deep breaths. Um okay, let's move on. Xbox says get vaccinated. This is from James Troughton over at the gamer. He writes Xbox has a major platform. It's one of the largest means of gaming alongside Steam, PlayStation, and Nintendo. With that, it has opted to use its platform to debunk COVID-19 myths and push players to get vaccinated, even holding a Q&A with the CDC on its Twitch channel. Quote, The power of play makes us heroes in new worlds every day, Xbox opened on Twitter. You can be a hero in real life too by getting vaccinated against COVID-19, protecting yourself and the people around you, end quote. The COVID-19 vaccines authorized in the United States are highly effective at preventing severe disease. Oh, this is still the quote. It just didn't. Okay, sorry. Quote, the COVID-19 vaccines authorized in the United States are highly effective at preventing severe disease and death, including against the Delta variant. As it stands, unvaccinated people are most at risk to contract and spread the virus. End quote. Xbox also shared how to get vaccinated with a useful link to a resource that lets you find sites in your area promoting not only the benefits of getting vaccinated, but also the means to do so. Excuse me. To quote, to dispel some common COVID-19 vaccine myths, the vaccines don't contain microchips or magnets. <laughs> they don't alter your DNA. They don't give you COVID-19. And there is no evidence they have any impact on pregnancy or fertility, Xbox added. No severe side effects linked to long-term health problems have been detected in the millions of people vaccinated against COVID-19, end quote. Just get vaccinated. Just get vaccinated. The faster you get vaccinated, the faster we go back to a truly normal life. Yeah. Yes, that we can appreciate the virus is never going to go away until we properly find a cure. But the vaccines have proven that they do stop this thing. So, yeah, I'll no, make truth. it less painful. We know, we know someone so who just... got jabbed and then got COVID. Yes. <laughs> Seen the difference between, because obviously I know people who got COVID before there was a vaccine. I've seen the difference in the vaccine can make. Get mm -hmm. fucking vaccinated. Jesus Christ. Just stop being an idiot. Just, just, okay, let's just, let's frank it. Just stop being an utter pillock. Like, and I'm being nice with my words there. One. Just stop. Like, vaccines do not cause autism. Two. These vaccines have been thoroughly te clinically tested and do not have an impact on pregnancy or fertility. Three, do you really think we have the tech, the scientific technology to put microchips inside people or alter their I'll DNA with a fucking jab? <laughs> and four, I think that's where I'm up to. Why the fuck would we want to put magnets in people's arms? And f I'll, I'm going to say five because I'm just going to say literally I'm paraphrasing what she said here but from christine blom blombunker from what what were what goods games literally said um the government not the government uh we aren't that interesting to have uh, to put microchips inside of us so they why would microsoft or any other company bloody do this it's like shut up and stop being an idiot they're putting a microchip <laughs> inside you to track you if you genuinely believe that i've got some really bad news for you they don't need to. <laughs> yeah. Phones do it well enough. You Phones do phone. it well flipping enough. You fucking idiots. They're on really, the internet uh, right now. 
the only way you could possibly be hearing us. <laughs> Dumbasses. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Just do it. Just do it, man. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> never thought we'd talk about that on the podcast, but here we are. Xbox. Here's another thing I never thought we'd talk about on the podcast. Football. Xbox is now the official gaming partner of the England football teams. This is from Andy Robinson over at VGC. He writes, Xbox has been announced as the official gaming partner of the England national football teams, Wembley Stadium and the St. George's Park Training Complex. The partnership was announced ahead of the World Cup qualifying match against Hungary on September 2nd, and we'll see Xbox committing to, quote, a grassroots gaming campaign, end quote, with the FA, which the pair said will bring, quote, exciting experiences for football and gaming fans across the nation, end quote. More details of upcoming activities and how fans can get involved will be announced soon, they said. In a statement, the FA said it admired Xbox's championing of being of gaming being, quote, inclusive, accessible, and safe for all, and that this message is expressed in the newly announced marketing slogan, when everybody plays, we all win, end quote. As seen in the announcement video, Wembley Stadium was also lit up in Xbox Green to announce the deal. Marcus Waltenberg, Xbox's Director of Global Partnership, said in a prepared statement, quote, At Xbox, we strive to remove barriers and to empower people to experience the joy of play. Millions of people around the world find common ground and connect through playing games, as they do with football. In the FA, we see a tremendous organization which has the same drive and ambition to empower people as we do at Xbox. Through our partnership, we aim to bring further value to the England football teams and the power and power the dreams of players and fans everywhere, end quote. Catherine Swarbick, the FA's marketing boss, added, quote, We're delighted to be partnering with Xbox, a brand that aligns with the FA's values. Gaming is loved and embraced by fans across the world, and we see this partnership as an opportunity to take that relationship to the next level for all of those connected with English football. When everyone plays, we all win is a message that rings true of what we strive to achieve at the FA, and we hope that our inspirational national teams can bring great value to Xbox. As a not-for-profit organization, commercial partnerships are vital in allowing us to continue to invest millions into all levels of the game, so we thank Xbox for that support, end quote. This is cool, there's no doubt about it, but I just want to re-change one thing about that little argle. The FA is not a tremendous organization. It's actually a very corrupt organization, but either way, this is still very... This is still very cool either way. Um, Xbox is just... They're really expanding in many ways just to get to the... To, like right now, so basically every time an England game's happen, you're gonna the marketing's going to be pushed. You're going to see Xbox every single time, all the time. And that's great marketing because football is one of the biggest pastimes out there for people to watch. Uh, like there's a game on now, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure like millions and millions will be watching that. So to know well, that yeah, sorry, millions of people... <laughs> ahead of the World Cup qualifying match against Hungary on September 2nd. It is September 2nd. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so... Like millions of people are gonna see marketing for Xbox. Those are millions of, I would say, the I would say above fifty percent are probably casuals, and I don't mean that in a bad way. We never mean casual gamers in a bad way on this podcast, ever. Both of us, we're fans. I'm saying we, we neither of us ever mean casual in a bad way. I'm just, I'm just saying for people in general, because I know of people who say, oh, the, the casual, casuals. they aren't 
gamers, are they? But I'm just meaning for just for context and everything like that. I wouldn't want anyone to come out and say what well, the casual games That's are. Games I, get, I was giving the context, but clearly Discord's having a moment. <laughs> You keep cutting out on my end. This is what I'm saying. Like, we, you know, we we did this thing where you were like, oh, we could use the voice chat channel in the private Discord server, but it feels like that's a terrible option <laughs> that we constantly have Thursday issues as well. with. Yeah. It's almost Thursday. It's like, weird. Uh, but no, yeah. Going back to what we were talking about. Um, yes, this is, like, just marketing-wise, this is fantastic for Xbox. And, like, and if it is pumps, pumps a lot of money in to help, like, the grassroots... And helps out like other things that are like uh, the English footballers trying to sort out and everything like uh, like the race uh, like kick out racism and all like that. If I can help with that as well, fantastic as well. So Xbox, you get a cool thumbs up from me. Yeah, I like this. Like, you what know, the I'm, hell? Let's say two. I'm holding a pair of sunglasses on my other hand. Um, yeah, like you know me, I don't know much about football, right? Although, I am going to see um, Durham women's football team play football with Phil sometime. It's cheap. It's fun. Why not? It's, it's buff ladies playing sports, Booty. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with lady, buff ladies playing football, Harry. That's <laughs> just like, you're going to see a football game. I'm, going, I'm, like, to watch it. I'm going to watch it for the plot. For the plot, for yes. The plot. The plot. Um, just like I'll be watching next year's next year's Women's World Cup for the plot. Definitely for the plot. I watched some of the Olympic women's uh, football. Just gone. There was some for interesting. The there was some interest. Well, I actually was watching it for the plot. There were some interesting lesbian storylines <laughs> that emerged from that World Cup. So I was actually watching that for the plot. Um. But this is cool because Xbox are like pushing it forward with the message. The messaging that they've been pushing for a while now, which is when when everybody plays, we all win. It's that big, inclusive Xbox messaging that they've been doing for it for a while. And like the thing I know about the England football team from the Euro Championships that we just had, correct? Yeah. Was is that like the English football team players and the manager are all really cool <laughs> like and they like they fight for like cool social stuff right like anti-racism yeah. like that one guy marcus rashford like literally like did a better job like fed kids who needed feeding like over like our entire government like they could replace our government with the english national football team and that would be awesome which also says something about the state of our country but hey what are you gonna do so like i like this partnership i like this partnership of like xbox who are doing cool stuff and england football players who are doing cool stuff i don't know anything about no doubt about it anything like that but yeah 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 yeah. no 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 i I was just made like like uh like a very mixed for a lot of people so they sometimes people say they don't do stuff. Sometimes they say they do stuff or whatever. So would you like, say well, they aren't doing enough? Would you say the FA do sweet FA? Let's talk about crunching. That's one for the highlight reel. <laughs> 
Naughty Dog co-presidents on crunch unionization. This is from Brendan Sinclair over at GamesIndustry.biz. He writes, Naughty Dog's stance on crunch is once again under scrutiny as the studio's co-presidents Evan Wells and Neil Druckmann addressed the topic in an interview with Game Informer this past weekend. When asked about their personal experience with Crunch, Wells replied, quote, I have per- definitely personally worked very hard over the years. I think some of that has helped me and get where I am in my career, end quote. He added that the studio has post-mortem discussions after each project for every department, including production, with a goal, quote, to strike the right balance between giving people the opportunity to leave their mark on the industry and advance their craft in ways that have never been achieved, but also find space along that spectrum, end quote. What? <laughs> Sorry, I'm saving my commentary for the end, but I was, that was a lot of words that I don't think said anything. Druckmann said Naughty Dog wants to prevent burnout at the studio and has created working groups to identify areas of improvement in the studio, while Wells noted a focus on increasing the number of directors and leads to better monitor employee well-being and take feedback. Moody, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't read this entire article before I put it in here. Like, I've just read some of the quotes on Twitter, and I'm having a meltdown with some of this right now. <laughs> we are, we are going to have an spicy discussion. Sorry. Let's continue. When asked if unionization might be a possible solution, Wells said he hadn't thought about it much and wasn't sure it would solve anything. Quote, To Neil's point about making sure that everybody is able to work as hard or as little as they want, we've got to create an environment that allows that. Well said. If we had some sort of restriction where the clock strikes 40 hours, the servers shut down and you can't work anymore, that would frustrate people to no end. There are people who really want to put in the extra polish on their own volition and they would feel handcuffed. End quote. Dreckman said Naughty Dog has tried such measures in the past for bid work past a certain hour or on Sundays, but they were edge cases. Quote, when you try to have a silver bullet like one solution, you're always leaving someone behind, he said. That's why we feel like we need multiple solutions. We have to approach this from multiple angles, end quote. Naughty Dog's crunch issues have been well established over the years. Uncharted 3 creative director Amy Hennig has said she worked 12-hour days, seven days a week, for the entire decade she worked at the studio, and Druckmann himself said Uncharted 4's central theme of passion versus settling down was inspired by crunch. More recently, Naughty Dog's crunch culture was the subject of a Kotaku feature last year with one employee saying that when the studio hires people, it specifically looks for those with the drive to work longer hours for marginal improvements to the game. Months later, Druckmann told GQ magazine that Naughty Dog doesn't, quote, uh, quote, doesn't try to babysit people, but acknowledged it should put some guardrails in so they don't injure themselves. I don't think we could prevent them from working hard and still making the kind of games we make, end quote. I'm not gonna okay, there's a lot. I had a fucking. I was having a meltdown. I had I had read some of the quotes on Twitter, but like I hadn't read the beginning of the story. I was having a fucking meltdown. <laughs> like so, there's a lot, lot, a lot to uh, to talk about there and to dissect. So, first thing first. Okay, let's just be frank, here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just get straight to the point. Crunch is stupid, and nobody should do it. There. Welcome to my TED Talk. Uh, second, <laughs> unionization is inevitable games industry. It's going to happen if you like it or not. As much as you've got idiots at Activision bringing in the unionized busters law firm, it's still going to freaking happen. Back to Naughty Dog. I love Naughty Dog games. 
I'm going to be honest, I've loved practically all the ones they've been put out over the last decade or so. Since basically the start of Uncharted, I would say, for me. Since like from then onwards, I think they've done nothing but brilliant games. For me, personally. Yep. And I am a strong component, and I am strong to the component of saying, yes, if you want to get where somewhere in life, you should work hard. There's no doubt about that. That is a fair analogy. Fair analogy. We are no longer in an, in an era or lifestyle of where it is okay to crunch in any work life. It's, we're not there anymore. It is moving past that. And we're now getting, hopefully, to a start where things will start properly getting sorted. <clears throat> Still looking at your Activision Blizzard and Ubisoft. Um, the Some of the quotes here are absolutely what the stupid fuck, and ridiculous right? to the part of like... Um, where's one of the ones that he says like isn't it like you just throw a dart and pick one they're all ridiculous <laughs> yeah that's true it's like it is the, i'll just say this right now wells it is it's down to you to make sure that your staff do not crunch right they are there to do their hard work there's no doubt about it and i think because they are there at naughty dog they know they have to do hard work even if they didn't know that they still do hard work um do but hard work your anyway. job to manage it to make sure that they do not crunch if the end of the day, if Last of Us Part 2 needed a fucking another year to make sure your staff didn't have a, have a good life and do for out a good game, I would have happily took that. But I've, that's, I've, that's neither here or there. Manage, it's clearly, it's, it was clear when the whole article from Kotaku came out last year um, about them, about how their crunch culture is. There is no proper management structure there to properly manage this. And it clearly looks like they haven't sorted this yet, no. which is incredibly annoying, incredibly worrying. And they've chosen to just, learn nothing. Yeah. Is what I'm getting from this. Basically, article. yeah. They've clearly chosen to learn absolutely nothing. And Neil Druckmann, you may be sometimes one of the smartest people in the room, but you can also be, you can also say some of the stupidest things in the room at the same time of like, we have multiple jobs now or directors or yeah, whatever. Right. Or can, I, can I stop positions? there and, and focus on that on. paragraph? Because that paragraph blew my <clears> fucking mind. Like one thing I want to say is I'll back you up. You are 100% correct. It is management's jobs to look after the um, the well-being of their employees if you are not doing that you are failing as a manager and i don't care if you're neil Druckmann of naughty dog who made the last of us that's a failure and that's on you not on your employees it's not your employees to make sure that they're looking after themselves it's on you to make sure that your employees are looking after themselves the paragraph that really got me and there's all of them really got me but this one i hadn't read before <laughs> Druckmann said Naughty Dog wants to prevent burnout at the studio, blah, blah, blah. While Wells noted a focus on increasing the number of directors and leads to better monitor employee well-being and take feedback. That's the opposite of what you should be doing right now. You don't need more managers. If you need more managers, something has gone dramatically wrong at your studio. You need more employees so that they don't have to work as long making admittedly technically incredibly mind-blowingly awesome games that don't need to be as mind-blowingly awesome as they do it'd still be amazing games like how do you look at the situation that we reported on on this podcast last year about the crunch on the last of us part two and go you know what the solution is more managers 
How did the Mark fuck cooks in the kitchen? How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> what the fuck? But then, but then I have to then start questioning Sony. What the hell are you doing in this situation? Sony don't give a shit because they own it. At the end of the day, Sony own New Naughty Dog. They're the bosses of Neil Druckmann for God's sakes, and the management that they have there. So they're clearly not organized. They're clearly not looking after the situation either. So like, but not not only is Druckmann and his management team, and uh, but Sony are also at fault here because they're not looking after these people either. So it just get it's like a double edged bloody sword for both for both Sony and Naughty Dog here that making themselves just both look like idiots. Like this is gonna happen again. This is a probably already happening on whatever they're making right now. Factions, Last of Us Three, Your Chart Five, Web, right? Like this has already started. This is this is what I'm getting from this article. They don't understand, or they do understand it. They don't care what happened on The Last of Us Part Two because they're Sony's prestige studio. They make the best games on PlayStation, so Sony don't give a shit as long as they keep pumping those games out, right? And clearly, Druckmann and Wells don't give a shit because they're the bosses, and clearly they've learned nothing. So. Three, four years down the line when whichever fucking next Naughty Dog game is coming out and Kotaku or Games Industry or Eurogamer or someone's got the story where it's like, hey, remember The Last of Us Part 2? They did it again. (laughs) We'll be talking about that. We'll be here talking about that again. Because nobody's learned anything. That's what I'm getting from here. It does sound like that. And it does really sound like that Sony need to step in and like just throw in a manager to oversee this properly and just say, yo, Druckmann, you guys pretty much, you create the games and everything like that. But you, you sir or madam or whoever, you make sure that the people below them and everyone else is not killing themselves to create this game. We can appreciate, I appreciate there's deadlines that you need to hit, but it's also, uh, you have to appreciate that staff can burn out and the longer you make staff crunch the lo- the longer your delay is going to be for a game it's just going to be fast because they're going to burn out so fast to try and get things as quick as up right. fast as possible you're going to make them you're going to hurt them and you're going to make them want to leave and you're going to make them bloody think maybe not want to be in this industry anymore and if they leave that's going to put you back even more because you're going to have to bring in other people to replace them and vice versa yeah you know, wrong. Personal anecdote time. I actually did once work a job where I used to work Stupid sometimes hours. like 40, 50, 60. I think I did clock to 80 hours in a week once. Um, What's 12 times 7? Mm-hmm. That. That many hours. 12 times 7. I did that many hours on multiple weeks. Um, 84. Great, 84 hours. That's just 84 hours of my life. I'm never getting back. Now, like, I'm not here to talk about that job. I'm not here to talk about any job in depth. But I recently, not recently, like in the last few years, went from working 40 hours a week, full-time hours, to four days a week, five to four days. And I'm and I'm, I'm more productive. <laughs> I probably get more work done in four days than I need to do in five. Because it turns out, rest is very important for the, for the human body and mind. Hell yeah, hell yeah! Like uh, the we're going off of chances. Like this is just in general jobs in general. But like Scotland, I think they're gonna 
try a, a four-day week work week. Four-day working weeks are amazing. Like, they're talking about fucking, ooh, 40 hours. People would be up in arms if we just did 40 hours a week. I guarantee you, the people that you're currently putting through the fucking meat grinder, if you force them to work 40 hours a week, they'd probably thank you for one. And number two, they'd probably do better work for you. Hell yeah. Like, I left an industry because it basically crippled me. Not physically or anything like that, just mentally. It mentally exhausted me. And that's the hospitality industry. I'll never say anything good about it at all. Never do. My partner lives, works in hospitality still. She loves it still. But it, it's crippling, and, it, and I'm just like, what the hell? And like, like I've said on multiple occasions, like, like the, the hospitality industry right now is going through a... Huh. Heck of an ass kicking right now. Sure is. A heck of an ass kicking. And I'm not going to lie, partly deserves it because of how it treats its staff. How it treats its staff is disgusting. Your secondhand citizens, you're not even secondhand, your thirdhand citizens when you're in hospitality. You really are. And like some of the things you see online about, about chefs and how chefs are and everything. Oh, God, I've got some horror tales for you when it comes to chefs. Man. It really is disgusting. Now, like, I, hospitality may be one of the biggest industries in the world, but it's also one of the most disgustingest in the world as well, and like needs to, and it's having its ass kicked right now. So I hope so I hope it survives games. and everything like that. Video games Sorry? needs its ass kicked right now. Yeah, that's the same thing. It, the video game industry needs its ass kicked right now. No offense, I love Neil Druckmann. You need your ass kicking right now with the stupidness you're saying right now. Uh, Wells, same for you. You're gonna cripple your staff. It's facts. It well, is absolute facts. We've read the stories. Yeah, we already know you. You you're making them work godly hours and hurting them. You gotta stop this. It is. It's you just. You gotta stop this. Like when I like I'll say right now. When I look for a job, when I'm looking for a job, I like I go through the things and everything like that. And if they don't have the things on that, I'm what's literally expecting to see on it. Uh, work flexible hours, no crunch. Uh, your proper holidays, vice versa, etc., etc., then I won't apply for you at all. Like, thankfully, I'm seeing many, and I mean many of the places I've applied, do have those things that say, we do not crunch, you will not be forced to crunch, or anything like that. One of them I applied for literally says, at this time, the computers will automatically lock off and shut down. And it'll save everything automatically, but it will shut down and you have to leave. And I went, that's fantastic. Hell yeah. Absolutely. That's what you want to hear. Yep. Anyway. What do I want to hear right now, Moody? Well, here's one thing I want to hear. A day off Twitch protest makes a deep cut into Twitch viewership. So did it actually? Gonna, I'm just going to take a moment. I really did. I'm just going to take a moment to bask in it. Andy Choke over at PC Gamer writes, Yesterday was the, was the day of hashtag a day off Twitch in protest of the platform's inability to address hate raids. Organized attacks in which channels belonging to marginalized Twitch streamers are flooded with abusive language and slurs. Participants in the walkout are calling on Twitch to take four specific steps to curb the abuse. One, hold a roundtable discussion with affected creators to assist with the creation and implementation of more proactive and comprehensive tool sets to combat abuse on their streaming platform. Two, 
create proactive protection to be implemented immediately, enabling creators to select account age of prospective chatters and allow or deny incoming raids. Three, remove the ability to attach more than three Twitch accounts to an email address. Currently, hate raiders can use one email account to register unlimited addresses. Four, provide transparency into the actions being taken to project to protect creators, the time frame for implementing those tools, and the involvement of the Twitch Safety Advisory Council. Twitch was still very active despite the protest, but the action appears to be having an impact. According to Twitch Tracker, current concurrent viewership today, uh, yesterday peaked at roughly 3.5 million at 4pm ET, a 1 million concurrent viewer drop from the previous day. In fact, it's the only day of the past week that failed to surpass the 4 million concurrent viewer mark at some point. The graph only goes back a week, but the figure is undeniably lower than numbers seen in the full year concurrent viewer graph at the very bottom of the page. Some of that success is no doubt due to the participation of streamers such as Casey Tron and Hasanabi, who have more than 2 million followers between them. Both expressed support for the effort and did not stream. Wreck-It Raven, who got the ball rolling with the Twitch Do Better hashtag, said on Twitter that the day feels cathartic. Quote, I'll be spending this time with my family, gaming and hanging with friends, and just taking a fucking breath, she tweeted. This is not the end, but fuck, I am going to enjoy a day, end quote. Because of the protest, Twitch delayed the launch of September, an annual month-long sale on channel subscriptions to September 2nd, and also published a new page on, quote, combating targeted attacks, end quote, including on advice on how to avoid them, spoiler alert, you fucking can't, and what actions to take when it happens, quote, we support our streamers' rights to express themselves and bring attention to important issues across our service, Twitch said in a statement emailed to PC Gamer. No one should have to experience malicious and hateful attacks based on who they are or what they stand for, and we're working hard on improved channel-level ban evasion detection and additional account improvements to help make Twitch a safer place for creators, end quote. Do it. Literally, Facebook Gaming does this better than you, Twitch. Facebook <laughs> does this better than you. What the fuck are you doing? It's been almost a month since this was highlighted. And it's getting worse. Now, now, what was awesome yesterday was seeing how few channels I follow on Twitch were live yesterday. That was great. <laughs> I barely got any notifications on my phone. I would check in on the app every now and again, and like maybe like one channel would be streaming. I know some streamers had like contractual obligations, or like there were reasons why some streamers had to stream um and i totally respect and get that um but my god the difference <laughs> like yesterday was very noticeable and it was very noticeable on here because apparently like the peak concurrent viewers on twitch was a million less than it was the day before a million that's Great. Impressive. There's no doubt about that. That's <laughs> impressive. It's That's a good start. More, it's it's a more, it's more impressive than the thought number I thought that was going to happen. Like I didn't think they would hit a million. I'll admit that right now. Oh God! I'm ashamed to admit oh. that. Like I didn't no, think they would hit a million. It was going to have this big of an big of an impact. Absolutely not. But has it done anything to make the the needle move for Twitch? Let's find out. And that's the ultimate question. That is the ultimate question here. Like, the question now is, is like, what's the number up to today? Has it stayed down? Well, has it go gone back, back up? up? Because, because everyone's gone back. Again. I know I know that. I know that. But I'm just saying, like, a one-day thing I don't think that ever helps. This isn't... So, 
I think it was Wreck-It, Raven. I don't remember. There's three people who are behind this. I'm struggling to remember their names. I apologize profusely. But I think it was Wreck-It, Raven. He said this is just the beginning. Like, A Day Off Twitch was great, and it fucking did gangbusters. But, like, one, its goal wasn't necessarily to make a dent in Twitch viewership, even though it definitely made a dent in Twitch viewership. Um, so much as to pr prom prompt the discussion, which it definitely did. But this is this is... If Twitch refused to fucking start trying to fix hate raids, this is just going to be step one or two or three or whatever step we're on right now. Sorry to cut you off there. You can go now. Sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. Um, then what's next? That's the question. Is it another day off or is or are they going to go two days off? Or are they going to go three days off? Or they're going to go for or a week off or something like that. And then it starts going, then the question will start coming from people like the small streamers who say, This is my livelihoods. I can't stay off that long or something. Because, like, I'll just like, I bring up one of our friends, like, he, he's took a time off before and he's literally lost all the subs that he had from it because just because he's took time off, like, he's been away or something's happened in his life or something like that. And, you know, and it's like, Get and he loses saying. all, all, all the, th all the pushing, and no, that's the thing about it. Where like, I don't know if this will ever truly do anything, and that's my worry. Like, this is fantastic. Yeah, this, like I said, this, I, they, the number was lower than I thought it was going to be. The, the impact was bigger than I thought it was going to be. But what's next? I get and what that's you're the thing about it. But you're totally, and I, you're a hundred percent correct, right? Because like. I've seen people. I've seen streamers take breaks and lose a lot of income. Because these big support. ones, it's not going to hurt them taking the a big day ones off. Taking don't a give week a shit. off the big ones not going to hurt them because they all look like the old noody. And, and I mean this. I don't mean this in a in a mean way or at all. But all the big or most of the big streamers who don't give a shit look like you. No offense. <laughs> I meant the what the big streamers who took the days off. That's the what I meant. Big streamers who took the days off took the days, like they, because they wanted to support. It. That's cool. Like whatever, yeah, but whatever they, the hit. But they could like, take that off, and they I've could take a week off. I've literally seen people. I've literally seen not big streamers, small streamers. I'm talking small streamers here. I've literally seen them try to stream for three hours and be constantly hate rated. I know. I they're know, not making it. They're not making any money because they're just sitting and fucking. They're just sitting on a start screen of a game, getting. Fucking I know. We talked about it last week. Three hours. I know we talked about it last week. Like that's the only thing about it for me. It's like I don't know what's next, we have to and that's what, my worry. It's like Twitch, says. Twitch, Twitch, and Amazon are just like, well, you you took a little bit of you give us a bit of a hit, but how big is it actually going to be? Type of thing, and that's the more worrying thing. I agree. Hopefully, it does actually do something. There's no doubt about it. And I'm sorry if I'm coming across a little bit pe less pessimistic, very pessimistic towards all this to, to everybody. But it's just like we've put like Amy, you and me, like over the special last four, five, six weeks, have been talking about crap on crap on crap on crap, and we've barely seen anything happen. And I can appreciate it, it takes time. Sure does. No offense, these are billion dollar flipping companies. It shouldn't take time. They want it to take time for us to forget. That's the difference. And that's what I'm thinking that's gonna happen with this. I and that's my worry. Agree to a certain point. That's fine. Not everyone forgets is what I'm trying to sort of get at. Or it's just like 
the, the <clears> thing <throat> the thing about this versus say Activision Blizzard or Ubisoft, which is starting to become largely forgotten again in, um, amongst the the masses, let's say. Um, thanks, content creators, for that. Yeah, thanks for that. By the way, is um is with this, it's constantly affecting a lot of people. So, whereas like some people will try to forget it and try to ignore it, like. Do you, like let's go back to to fixer talk about fixer like obviously he took the day off um on wednesdays back to streaming today i saw him go live um he's gonna get hair rated again and like, I don't i'm want sorry that and i happen. don't want that to happen and i'm not saying yeah. like you know definitely not but <clears throat> he is gonna get hair rated again we've come we've come close to being ip farmed like a couple of times when we've when i've been streaming like <laughs> This is going to happen again, and when it happens again, he's going to talk about it. It's happening to a lot of people constantly on Twitch, which means that the conversation is never actually truly going to go away. The only way people can forget about it is if they want to stop seeing it, stop following people, stop interacting with it, stop looking at the trending to hashtag, stop this, stop that, stop etc. Right? It's a different situation because it's constantly going on to content creators. And if there's one thing content creators do, it's talk a lot, all the time on social media. So while yeah, I think you're right. I also think you're wrong at the same time. Does that make that makes sense? Right? It's yes and no. It's both. We'll see. We'll see. He was right at the end. At the end of the day. We'll oh, you'll be right, hundred percent. Amazon and Twitch do not give a fuck. Whatever, whatever they put together six months from now, when it's way too late, will fail, and we'll be right back where we started. <laughs> I'm taking that day off when that podcast comes around. Yeah, that's fine. Because I can't be bothered to talk about it again. Because I'll just be like, "What the hell?" Like, seriously, why are we talking about this again? We know they're not going to the do anything. Is, security, security, right? Like, this is let's say this is this is a part. This is partially a security, a safety thing, right? It's a never ending, right? Like, yeah, Twitch will say they've fixed it <clears> in six months' time or whatever. Like, and and then they'll be like, "Cool, we did it." That's not how it works. It has to be constant. <laughs> you have to constantly be updating things and doing things like Streamlabs released a bot that helps combat hate rates right Streamlabs did that Streamlabs is a third party tool we're using it right now <laughs> to record this podcast they're not Twitch so a third party provider is doing a better job of protecting streamers than Twitch is Twitch is fucking useless I can't say going to Facebook or YouTube is any better, but I mean, I've seen here. I've firsthand experience. We've had it. I know. I know. We've stuff. had it. Like we had it when we played Among Us, and that was just in our our friends' Discord. Like it's something. Like maybe moving platforms has got to be better than this. And I get that it's not as simple as that with like making a living and revenue and. Etc. Etc. But I, I like I say I don't know what the solution is, and I don't want to pretend like I do know what the solution is. It's not like my my ultimate. Like I hope, like like I, like I'm saying, like I do hope something does happen from this. That as my ultimate. That's the ultimate goal here, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone. Like we want something to happen here. <laughs> I just I'm just very. 
it's just very dang downbeat by it because it's just nothing seems to ever happen. And that's my biggest worry. Unfortunately, I said this, was it last week? I said this. Unfortunately, Amazon and Twitch make too much money off of racists to just ban them because that's the solution. In fact, you know what I say? You know what I say? You know what I just said about not having the solution and not wanting to pretend I know what the solution is? That's bullshit. I know what the solution is. Twitch knows what the solution is. Ban them. Get rid of them off your platform. But they can't do that Mm -hmm. because then they would lose too much money. Mm-hmm. I'm very fascinated by that. this is going off as a different thing but apparently uh, uh, your Dr. Disrespect now knows why he was kicked off Twitch ah you see yeah I... yeah yeah no but that's what no but, I've, but I'm going to say it well if it so you said you've lost a lot of money which you probably have no doubt about it then then you can now tell these people this is what happened so i did this yada 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 so if you're not telling these people these things this is this got that makes me think it's bigger than you what you want people to see i was curious about that too like i'm trying not to engage in the doctor's just disrespect drama because like no offense i only I literally th- found out today I from a, i think he's a, a horrible YouTube person video. but like it is interesting oh, yeah. i like he probably can't like in fantasy probably can't talk about it if he's hearing them because that's Especially how if you're lawsuits them, work yeah, yeah. but like it's, it is interesting that you went i know why and someone went why and he went i'm not telling you well it's eventually gonna come out it's gonna come out after man. when the lawsuit happens yeah <laughs> that's when the how lawsuit lawsuits happens. work remember apple versus epic we got three podcasts out of that fucking everything that came out of that lawsuit yep um okay i'm gonna read some i started doing this last week i didn't do what okay. i did last week where i typed everything into the doc I'm, i just i'm gonna open the twitter account because it's much easier um where i'm gonna read some of these um a better ubisoft tweets so still waiting ubisoft before you start yes. still waiting yes we are still waiting was um, it over 30 days now well, it was 22 days last week no it was 22 days two weeks I'll ago so probably it was 28 days it. last week yeah. so it'll be like 36 almost 40 days now without doing anything yep or doing it or saying anything so a thousand current and former ubisoft employees signed an open letter on july 28th in solidarity with the activision blizzard walkout demanding that their management take far more action to end abuse in ubisoft and the wider industry the uh, uh, the a better ubisoft twitter account has been posting every day um anonymously reasons that they received for why people signed these letters and i want to read them on this podcast because i think they deserve to be read and i think people deserve to hear them so here they are number one quote i'm not going to say quote before everyone they're they're all quotes (laughs) That's that's just unwieldy. I don't know why I did it. Oh. Number one, a year after our studio's listening session identified multiple areas of concern, no visible action has been taken on a single one. Number two, I don't have any trust in our HR teams to solve our workplace issues. There's been little to no change in global and local HR leadership. Abusive behavior has been going on for years. Investigations are still being rushed and employees taking a stand and asking for accountability are being intimidated by the HR rep. Number three... Among other things, I saw a director instruct someone to create a slide with the giant text saying Big Black Cock to present to Ubisoft senior leadership. Number four, I was told I was creating a toxic work environment by calling out racism. Number five, we've been told over and over again that change takes time. We've been hearing that for a year now. A year. Number six, management are not listening to us internally, so we're forced to call them out in public. Number seven, strap in. 
I heard an executive defend the overwhelmingly white male and abusive editorial team by saying that if there was a, quote, qualified female Korean handicapped lesbian to do the job, they would hire her, but that person doesn't exist, end quote. That was during a North American-wide meeting. He's still in position today. Not worth talking about anymore, apparently. Oh, the Ubisoft one was ignored months ago. Uh, but no, yeah. Um, still waiting, Ubisoft, to get your finger out your ass. All right, we've got... Like I say, we will not be cov- covering your games until you start sorting your shit out. Probably not even then. Sorry. <laughs> I don't like oh, that's fair. You might, though. <laughs> no, no, Unless... no, no. If they, if they, no, if, if things, if something comes out, I'll say right now, if something comes out that they, that, and, solidarity that they have truly sorted things and this is goes for activision blizzard as well um they come out and they say they are truly sorting things i don't believe they will let me just say this for a fact but if they actually do and something and people and the developers come out who work there and say yes they've actually done things blah and everything and it's fantastic i'll i'll probably start playing their games again i won't deny that right now i can't play avatar <laughs> and i want to play avatar That's because true. it's avatar that's going to make uh, a billion true. dollars next year when that movie comes out, ladies and gentlemen. Facts, but um, but not but but I'll st- but I'll stand by what I said though. If the if the shit's still shitting like hell, like Ubisoft, which I think it'll still continue to will be because you've got the idiots in charge there. Um, I won't play yeah. any of those games, and same goes for Activision Blizzard and everything. So, like, I'll happily allow people. Th- Companies are allowed to change. Companies are allowed to get better. Yes. Um, you can still have that stigma behind behind you. There's no doubt about it. But learning from your mistakes and everything, that's the biggest thing. But we all know they aren't going to do that. Yeah. And we here at this podcast obviously stand in solidarity with the developers who work at Ubisoft mm-hmm. and Activision Blizzard. Do we have time? Yeah, we have time. Sources, WWE2K relationship seriously strained. This is from Michael Straw over at Sports Gamers Online. He writes, It was revealed on Saturday evening, probably a couple of weeks ago at this point, during WWE's SummerSlam event that 2K Sports made the decision to delay WWE2K22 until March 2022. That's a lot of twos. The decision has seen mixed reactions from fans across the internet. That actually is a lot of twos. But that's not the only place having issues with the delay. Speaking with multiple sources at 2K Sports, developer, visual concepts, and beyond, there have been quite a few high-level decisions causing concern among teams. SGR has learned that there's been infighting regarding the direction of the game. 2K Sports and WWE have been going back and forth on pushing back WWE 2K22 since almost immediately after the game was announced. Saying WWE over and over again is a mouthful. Most of those within WWE wanted the game to release in its normal Survivor Series window. Those from 2K Sports and Visual Concepts, on the other hand, pushed hard for a, de- for a delay of the launch. One of the reasons given to us, to the outlet, was the sheer amount of releases over the past year. The team has been working on scanning wrestlers and building new character models pretty much from the ground up. Well, a number of superstars built were on the release list. One source even said, quote, this is shaping up to be the most outdated roster a game has seen, end quote. The game is expected to include a large amount of wrestlers no longer with WWE, but the March release window now gives them time to adjust with removing wrestlers and adding any new ones WWE may want. The roster cuts aren't just the only point of 
contention between the parties. With the miserable release that was WWE 2K20, WWE has apparently been more difficult to deal with during this development cycle. WWE has made... I don't know what that's supposed to say. Inroads. Has made it known. Has made WWE has made it known they want a better product this time around, despite still making record profits. The largest wrestling company in the world lost quite a bit due to the poor launch and reception surrounding WWE 2K20. Things got really bad when it reached a point where refunds were starting to be issued. Was that the one with cool glitches that were being shared yeah, around yeah. On Twitter? Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, were, they, people, like, they didn't have a game last year, so yeah, probably not for the people who bought the game. But it was hilarious to watch. I rented it. It was bad. It looked it, yeah. Like, really bad. There was a lot of talk of whether it may be time for a split between the parties. 2K Sports has been the publisher of WWE video games since taking over for THQ in 2013 as part of the former studio's closure. However, after years of working with UX as the developer of the series... Visual concepts took over solely for WWE 2K20. Fast forward to 2020, while WWE and Take-Two Interactive, the parent company of 2K Sports, were having multiple meetings over the future, the Stanford-based company did hang other publishers out as far as possible future partners. Quote, It was like threats to cancel cable, one person said. Threats would come out of them claiming to have interest from one company here or there. I don't know how credible that was, though, or just idle threats, end quote. The last extension of the agreement was made in 2016. Though no terms had been disclosed other than it was a multi-year deal, rumours had it at a 6-7 to seven years. With WWE 2K22, WWE has made it known, almost annoyingly so, how much this game means to the future of the franchise. To put it bluntly, it could be the end of it if it fails, both critically and commercially again. With the extra pressure during the build, the development team at Visual Concepts, already pinched, underfunded, and understaffed compared to the past, have openly been angry. Quote, It just hasn't been a fun place to be, one source said. Second guessing happens constantly because of a desperation to get things right. End quote. The one bright spot, many said, is that they ultimately got the delay for WWE 2K22. With many of the game's elements being built from the ground up, it makes things less hectic, especially for some major new additions to the series. End quote. We are fans and gamers like everyone out there, one developer said. We are doing everything we possibly can to make the wrestling game fans want. From modes to how it feels in the ring, we want this to be the wrestling fans wrestling game, end quote. With everything going on behind the scenes, however, I had to look into the possibility of WWE getting out of the deal with two Take-Two sooner than the expiration. Quote, it wouldn't take as much as people would assume, they said. That's how bad it's been, but one great game and fan response could turn things right around, end quote. WWE. This is absolutely a cra- crazy to think, like, like, I don't know who to feel for, and I don't think I actually feel for either of them, because one, WWE are, a, I'm just going to say, a bit of a deplorable company in itself, as they fired or released hundreds and hundreds of people during the pandemic well we're still in the pandemic but during the heart of the pandemic when they recorded record profits that sounds familiar (laughs) yep yep no doubt about it but then you've got 2k who at the end of the day threw out a diabolical product in the last game in 20 in 2021 like or 20 whatever game it was was yeah 2020 2020, 2020, it was the end of 2020 i think yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it was a broken mess. It was absolutely terrible, I mean, it was really garbage. So I understand where WWE are coming from to the point of that, yo, if you don't make a good game, we're going to probably look somewhere else. <laughs> and I, But I also understand where 2K are coming from is like saying, yo, you've released half your staff, guys. Like, we need, you're going to have the most unbalanced roster of all time, out of out of date roster of all time. So we need to delay this game. But we want to come out in Survivor Series. But you, we can't. No, no, we can't. Because you're going to have people in there who are probably going to be on a different company who are probably thriving in AEW and everything. So like, like, neither of them are in a good place here so I don't really care if who's right and who's wrong here at the end of the day if WWE if you are looking to find another company you ain't gonna find Yucks because I'm pretty sure they're making AEW's game what's gonna I don't know what that when that's gonna come out but like they're really working hard on it and I think I don't know if they're aiming for the end of next year or sometime the year of 2023 or something but they're also getting to take your time and everything like that but but either way WWE games for a long, 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 long time for me have been absolute lot of garbage. I'm just going to be frank there. They haven't been the best. Um, yes, I know they always sell very well because because WWE aims itself at a, a child-friendly audience. So these, these are games that are very child-friendly for a lot of people. So that, that's going to work well for them. But yeah, WWE, I'm not going to lie. If you leave 2k your next game's probably not going to come out until 2024 give or take i've never really understood so, i mean i have because money but i've never really, like from a quality perspective i've never really understood the whole yearly sports game releases i, I mean i didn't get it back in the day when there was no like connection right you know you couldn't just update a game like i kind of get it then but it was a lot easier to make a video game in the in a year um, in golden days, but like now, it's just like I don't get the whole like we got to release a, a whole new game every year. It's just like you just sell DLC to update the current one while having a team make the new. I don't know sports games. There's a business me. model. There's no doubt about. It. There's a business model that no one's probably thought up properly. Off they have that the big these developers aren't properly the. Uh, going for anything because obviously makes money like, at, at but really weird, like, if you like look, if, WWE 2k20 but if you look at it like like it's a it's like fifa basically we'll just score fifa i think it's like 70 percent of the profit from fifa is all from its microtransactions it's like 30 percent are from its physical sales so or i think it's even less even i'm not Which, really fully sure i mean yeah but, we're not quoting any statistics any actual statistics yeah that like half remembered tweet or probably or something but like i mean yeah it's like but it's like you don't want to get rid of that 30 percent, right even though i'm pretty yeah, sure basically. if they did that they could probably make more money that's how free-to-play games work <laughs> that's how you see fucking ads for free-to-play games at the super bowl <laughs> yeah basically yeah um i'm not gonna lie it says march so that's telling me it's going to come out. I know this means nothing to you. What you're going to, what I'm going to say here, but this sounds like it's going to come out. They're going to aim for WrestleMania, which okay. you actually think about. It's probably going to be the biggest time for it, because that's the biggest pay per view for WWE. So dropping that with WrestleMania, that's going to be the biggest push for them. I can understand they want to drop it for the holiday, but 
dropping it for WrestleMania is going to be just absolutely fine. With how video games sell these days in the year, basically it's barely, it's barely, it's like every month always has a big, quote unquote, biggish game that comes out that sells incredibly well. So right. the sports games, go, this game's going to do fine as long as it works, I guess. Yeah, yeah, as long as it works, that's all that matters at the end Watch of the day. Watch this big selling game will be Breath of the Wild too. Um, well, the largest game next year is going to be Call of Duty. <laughs> I meant March. I said March. March. March is bigger. Oh, March. March's biggest selling game will be be Breath of the Wild too. Uh-huh. Oh, just so it can come out at the same time as uh... Horizon, like last time. <laughs> oh, Horizon's February, isn't it? Is it? Oh, then February's biggest selling game will be Breath of the Wild too. <laughs> Ruined my own joke. Um, look, all I've learned today from this podcast is that apparently sports sports organizations are bad because I've learned that the FA sucks and I've learned that WWE sucks. And the only thing I know is that I'm probably, after reading that article, probably going to go to sleep saying WWE. 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 Think, Amy, when we're, we're, when we're, if we're in our own place... We'll watch it. I'll show you AEW and just show you the better pro wrestling. Why not? I'm down for new things. I'm watching big busty women. I'm watching with plots. I'm they have actual plots. I mean, I can legitimately <laughs> say I'm watching it for the plot. With my glasses. <laughs> I just realized I can just do this. That's gonna say. I can there just do this. I could have done this the entire podcast. God damn it. Moody is time for games out next week. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, we're out of time. (laughs) Okay, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone else, it's time for the games out next week. Encased PC, a tactical sci-fi RPG set in an alternative 1970s, but where everything is inclusive and everything works really happy and everyone's really nice. Fight aliens. <laughs> Wearing an enormous <laughs> and inexplicit artifact, the dome. So, so this is the David Villeneuve film. David Villeneuve film, isn't it? Uh, the arrival uh, arrived. Arrival. They did arrive. That was a great film. Yeah, uh, it's discovered in a remote desert. So arrived. Remember <laughs> when I said we were running out of time? <laughs> fight, sorry, sorry, sorry. Fight enemies, explore the anomalous, an anomalous yeah, wasteland, terrible. level up your character, join one of the forces, join one of the forces in the ruined world. Fist, forge in shadow, PC and PlayStation. It is a Metrovania action game featuring exploration, intense combat, and challenging platforming. Sonic Colors Ultimate. Wait, that's coming out? Oh, wow. PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. The evil Dr. Eggman, or Robotnik, has built an interstellar amusement park, but he's, in, but he's powering it with a captured alien race called Wisps. Use Sonic Speed to free the Wisps and gain an, an amazing powers as they explore six un, unique worlds filled with hurdles to overcome. Now with stunning upscale visuals, additional features, and, uh, and uh, features a new game board and enhanced gameplay. It's the ultimate Sonic Colors experience. See what you did there, Sega. <coughs> Dull Grey is an award-winning visual novel about growing up. 
experience an emotional story of a mother and a son in a dystopian world, make simple but meaningful choices, and discover multiple endings. Will you see your story unfold in full colour? But it's still grey. Final Fantasy IV Pixel Remaster PC and the Mobile. Come, uh, Final Fantasy IV comes to life with completely new graphics and audio, a remodeled 2D take on the fourth game in the world-renowned Final Fantasy series. Enjoy the timeless story told through charming retro graphics. Legacy of Dice. It begins. It begins? Okay. Legacy of Dice, PC is a dice-based survival city builder set in a mysterious ring world. Your ship has been your ship has reached the shore of an uncharted continent. Roll and use your dice to gather resources, expand and defend your settlement, survive the winter and interact with the strange inhabitants of this eerie world. Artful escape the the artful escape. PC, Xbox and Game Pass. A teenage guitarist protagonist prodigy sets out on a psychedelic journey to g- inspire his his stage persona and comfort confront the legacy of a dead f- of the of a dead dead folk legend. Starring voice perso- performances by Michael Johnston, Carol Kingland, Len- Linda Headley, I know her, Jason Swatchman, Swatchmans, Swatchman. Mark Strong and Carl Weathers. I know some of them. Uh, Ultra Age, PlayStation and Switch. There's a high-powered sword-swinging action game set in the far future that follows the story of a young warrior age. A young warrior age. Uh, use your blades to cut through robotic and mutant foes. Explore futuristic locations and unravel a vast conspiracy concerning. The fate, the fate of the planet. Blood Raven Betrayal Fresh Bites. PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and Stadia. Original developer Way, For- Way Forward upgrades its 2011 a classic with new voice acting by Laura Bailey and Troy Baker. I know them. Sharp, sharpened visuals, rebalanced gameplay, run, jump, cut, and feed your way through a massive underground castle to confront Ra- Ravers- Raven's father at the behest of the brimestone society smegging hell is a lot so i said kraken academy kraken academy pc make friends free spirit and make sure (coughs) that the world doesn't end welcome to kraken academy a a techno color fever dream that is a le- that that's for the legal reason can only be described as a technical techni- technically a school. Join forces with the magical kraken to manipulate t- a time loop and save the world. Life is strange. True Colors PC, PlayStation, and the Xbox. Alex Chen hides her curse, a physical power of empathy, the ability to absorb the emotions of others. When her brother dies in a so-called accident, Alex must embrace her powers to find the truth. Lost in Random PC, PlayStation, Xbox and Switch. Play the odds in Lost in Random, a gothic fairy tale inspired action adventure, uh, adventure 
where every citizen's fate is determined by a roll of the dice. Of Tales of... Sorry? I've got loads of those. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to like that game. Tales of a... <laughs> when am I going to play it? <laughs> That's true. Tales of Arise, PC, PlayStation and Xbox. 300 years of tyranny, a mysterious mask, lost pain and memories, wield the blazing sword and join a mysterious... un untouchable girl to fight your your oppressors oppressors experience a tale of liberation featuring characters and next-gen graphical extensiveness or expansiveness i think expressiveness wario where get it together switch Wario and Co. run return with a madcap mashup of multiplayer micro game micro games in WarioWare. It, it get it together for Nintendo Switch. This time, two players can team up to tackle hundreds of quick and quirky micro games together. And last but not least, NBA Two K Twenty Two, PC, PlayStation, the Xbox, and Switch. Put the entire basketball universe in your hands. Anybody, anywhere can hoop in NBA 2K22. The basketball universe. Sorry, is it? Nah. It's like a Marvel thing. What? What's? What the hell is Maybe the basketball it's space jam. universe? It's just, yes, it's got Space Jam. In space, it as jam. Well. space Jam. Space Jam. Time for Open Critic head to head. This is a game we play every single week where we try to guess the open critic average of one upcoming game. Whoever gets as closest gets one point. If you guess the score correctly, you get two points. Last week, we tried to guess the open critic average of Lake. I guessed it would get a 91. Moody guessed it would get an 82. Foxes guessed it would get a 92. At the time of recording, Lake has an open critic average of 69. Because apparently, a game that doesn't have explosions and violence in it, just doesn't jive with the crowd. <laughs> you can't say that's not a pattern we've not we haven't noticed all year. I don't disagree with what you're saying though. Yeah. I should have known better than a trust. You should have. Game critics in general. <laughs> even when I to myself I was thinking I'm going too high even with eighty well, to years. Be fair, I could probably just I said, knock it down down to the seventies. To be fair, when I was doing my spiel last week, I did say, look, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't trust them. But I'm just going to say what I think I think it's going to be, having played a bunch of it beforehand. And I'm right and they're wrong. This, that puts the current, I was going to do it this week. That puts the current scores, Amy 17, Moody 13. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I was yeah. 12 last week, so yeah. Uh, Fox is 6, Keith 10 with 2 draws. This week we're trying <laughs> to guess the open critic average of Life is Strange True Colors. Fox's isn't here, so we can't figure out why he picked what he picked, but he picked 71. Moody, what's your guess? I've picked 79. Oops. I think this is a game that I would rate higher, but I think it's going to be a mixture for people. The question you got to ask yourself when playing open critic head-to-head, Moody, how many explosions and how much violence is there in the game? And if the answer is not much... Probably none. And if the answer is not much or none... Apparently, the score is going to be really bad. <laughs> so you're going to put 69 then, aren't you? <laughs> Seven. <laughs> T4. 
This game gets a 10 rain next week. Wait, what? <laughs> I'll be pissed, man. Lake's amazing. Look out for our review next week. I fucking love it. But hey, oh, like I said, I'm right there wrong. Moody, close out the podcast because, yeah, this one's a long one. I will. Are you going to say one. something really serious while I have a Pikachu hat on my head and, and stupid sunglasses no, not on at my all. face? Not at all. Not and at a, all. And a transcribed flag on my chest. <laughs> no, I am not that mean <laughs> at all. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend will be amazing. So wake up and smile. Positivity is a choice that becomes a lifestyle. You are awesome and be awesome. Yeah, do that. That's amazing. So long, suckers. <laughs>